Hello and welcome to another edition of the Copcast podcast. It's Liverpool nil, Fulham one, and it's the worst run of home results, I think, in the history of the club. It's maybe the worst that we have all ever felt as as Liverpool fans, results-wise, certainly. Um, So what we've decided to do tonight is we're not going to talk about the game. Because it's fucking bleak and grim and awful. So we're going to discuss some more horrific and bleak and grim and awful things that have happened to us in the past. And we're going to debate some of the worst things that have happened to the club over the years. Just to make us realise how lucky we are. And to do that, I've got uh, got Neil Patterson in Berlin. Chief, have we resorted to alcohol again this evening? Not not overly, but uh, but no, not 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 best chuff with the game, and uh, glad you've come up with 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 an idea to to get us around actually having to discuss the ins and outs of what went on. Needless to say, um, anyone who saw the game doesn't need us to talk them through it. No, no, and nor do we need each other to talk each other through it. <laughs> I've also got uh, Johnny Henderson in Belfast. Johnny seems to have had. Uh, Johnny seems to have he's 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 stepped up to the plate. He's taken one for the team and he's decided to buy in um, and give some of the others a break from feeling awful and rehashing the horrificness that's just occurred. <laughs> yeah, something like that. I'll tell you how bad it is. I'm off drink for Lent and it was going splendidly until today. Uh, and now I'm nearly finished my bottle of wine and I'm looking for cans. So. <laughs> Oh, uh, well. <laughs> Good lad, Johnny. What was that? Let me see. What date is it today? It did last two and a half weeks. That's all right. That's not bad. That's good. It could be a record okay, for you. I'll, go, I'll get back. It is a record for me. I'll go back on the wagon tomorrow. It's just one of those things, isn't it? It is. It's just, uh, well, I don't think anybody could blame you. I don't think anybody could blame you. <laughs> so, all right then. So, let's... Let's put the recent events and the current situation out of our head for the meantime. Let's delve back into some of the darker periods of the club's past. Um, So just to kick off, um, Chief, we're going to start with your your worst ever Liverpool signing. Oh, Oh, well... It's a classic, obviously, the, the, the worst signing debate over, over the years. I mean, there have got to be a few a few candidates, don't there? I mean, what sort of criteria are we looking at? I suppose you, you could take into account, I mean, overall, obviously the fir- first thing might be just be overall quality for, for us. Um, yeah, I think just take it wherever you want, mate. There's, there's yeah, no right um, answer. I suppose you can factor in sort of... Um, how much you pay for them or all, but there are a good few names. Obviously, there are a few under the Hodgson. Um, Come on, Nick, come on, Chief. Get off the fence. Just pick one and tell there us. There are a few of the Hodgson right Something here. The, the more personal, the better. You know, if it's something <laughs> that just, if it's a sign and it just really got on your on your tits, like just say it. Ah, there are loads. Like, I mean, El Hadj Juf was one. I mean, that. I mean that goes back to Julia and that really grinds my gears because of the whole Anelka situation and, and not signing Anelka when we had him on loan and it looked like he was the perfect fit at that time. 
and then blowing that money on Juif. That was um, that was shocking. I mean, Juif then went on to go a whole season without scoring for us. I think he's the only only player to ever play at centre forward, or where was he wearing the number nine? To yeah, not league. score a league goal in the whole season. Yeah, yeah, the whole season. So, and then of course there's the spitting and all, and the fact that he's just generally a pretty horrible character. Um, he loves his he loves his Gerard and Carragher. Um, media war as well does, does yeah he? i mean they they have a, they have a bit of a bit of a thing going and and it's a little bit pantomime at this point to be honest like they sort of um sort of still keeping each other going a little bit but um so he's up there i mean but then they're just the likes of Poulsen, for example he you, you could chuck him in but he's so he's sort of so nondescript he, he, he was so nothing that I don't think I'd put him up there with with really up, up the very worst. Joe Cole was his, another shocker of a signing. Um, I know he came. Joe up. Cole goes under the rate. He goes under the radar because we didn't pay a fee for didn't him. Didn't pay a fee, but a massive signing on fee and huge fucking wages, like. And he was ranked, got sent off in his first game for us, and and never had a good game for us after that, and was just shocking. Just looked an absolute shadow of his once decent self. Um, so he'd be up there. I mean, there are a good few. Come back to me in a, in a wee minute. We'll see what Johnny's got to say on this. Like, okay, Johnny, who's who's on your mind? Who's upset? Who's, who's upset you? Who have you seen on the team sheet and uh, just gone to yourself? What? Why? What, who? 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 Who sanctioned that decision? Who's whose fucking bright idea was this? Fuck, I know, I, I, but I'm trying to think. It's more. I, I'm trying to just think through the years and think. What ones were the biggest lapdowns? Now, first of all, like Juve's a great shout because everything was going so well with Hule, and then you know Anelka was doing the business, and that was just that was probably the first time post his heart operation that it was apparent that his judgment and his <laughs> his decision making weren't weren't as 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 good as they were before. That was so that's a, that's a good example. It's, it's a yeah, and just on, just on, and just on, and Elka Johnny. I, I, I think my brother actually watched the Anelka documentary, and it was really sad. Um, and I don't know whether whether either of his either of you have watched it, but apparently he says that of all the clubs he's been to, that Liverpool was the one where he really felt at home. He really felt like he fitted in. Yeah, I know. I, I did watch it actually, and it was. It just felt like a real. We shot ourselves in the foot there. You know, we we had a lad that was that was that was top class, and and he wanted to be there, and we traded him for a player that wasn't a fraction as good. So yeah, yeah. Do you know? Do you know what? Though I'm, I'm trying to think back to you. Do you, the one that sticks out for me is a bit of a funny one because he did have his moments, and but when I like I really started supporting Liverpool probably around '87 uh, when I was eight or nine, and you know, you sort of develop that real interest then. And then when you get into your early teens, that's the point then where you're like really obsessed by football and your your posters in your bedroom and all that. And it was 91, like I was devastated when, when Doug Leach left. I still remember that morning. I was I was running at a mate. So, you know, I'd like, what age was that? I, I would have been, I think it was 12, just coming. 22. <laughs> 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 Cheeky, can't you? 
Um, <laughs> I, I think I, I think it was twelve, whatever. But I remember going to the, seeing the newspapers in the shop um, that morning, um, and 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 going, Jesus! It was it was a place in it was a wee place called Fawn in Donegal, James Bradley's filling station. I remember going into it and seeing the the, the newspapers. It was all about Douglas and resigned, and I remember it was like the most earth shattering thing. And then. All that summer, then you know you were following the radio, and it was going to be Alan Hansen. Then eventually, as soon as and we're so excited, and then and then <clears throat> you know, soon as you know, soon as came in the back end of that season, and then there was the whole summer of it was soon as the season, and he was getting these players. It was Dean Saunders. We bought Dean Saunders and Mark Wright from Derby, and I was so excited because these boys were like Mark Wright. I'd been watching the World Cup, and he was like the man for England. He was probably their best player in that tournament. Uh, and Dean Saunders and D- Dean Saunders. Dean Saunders I, was a, a record a record fee between yeah. two British clubs at the time, only to indeed. be surpassed for, or it, for only to be surpassed as a British player by David Platt going to Barry. That's right. That's right. No, so he was a record signing. I remember this because they paid two point two million for Mark Wright and two point nine for him. And the point something that no one even talks about now. Because we're now in the era of Mbappe went for 180 million, so points of a million don't mean anything anymore. But like I remember, when like it was Alan Shearer had gone for uh, was it was it seven million in Keith Gillespie, wasn't it? No, no, I remember in the days when it was. That was Andy Cole. I remember oh, that was Andy Cole. Sorry, yes. It was already going crazy then. Like I remember the days where it was like he went to Blackburn for like. 3.7, 3.6 or something, and, or, and Roy Keane had gone for 3.75. So the points really made a difference then. But I just remember we bought Dean Saunders, 2.9 million, and he was such a brilliant goal scorer for a struggling team like Derby. And I thought, this guy's going to be great. And there was even a European game, I think it was against like Cassisi Lappi or some team from Finland, and he scored four goals. But he just never, and it wasn't his fault, bless him. The whole club was in free fall at the time. But he was always the one that, probably because he was young, it always stands out as he was just a massive disappointment because I thought he was going to be that. And then the other one around that time as well was another, as soon as signing was Nigel Clough. Everybody always said about Nigel Clough. Uh, he's the most tailor-made player for Liverpool ever. He just plays the Liverpool way and he came. So it's... It, it's it, it's probably those two for me. Even though there's been far more expensive wastes of money, like Alberto Aquilani and things like that through the years, but I'm going to go with Dean Saunders just because of the fact that he was a record signing and and uh, he didn't really do that much for us. He ended up at Aston Villa, and of course he scored against us as well when he went there. So all he ever did was score against us. After that, and 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 loved doing it. He's a player I really disliked after his, his time with us. I have to say, Johnny and I was I was gutted about it as well because I must have been a couple of years younger than you, maybe a year or two, <laughs> maybe at the most, and um, so similar age and thinking of you know when you're when you're a kid like oh brilliant great striker coming scores a lot of goals and he didn't score any for us hardly any anyway he was a massive flop a bit a bit like. Similar in a way, almost, uh, or puts me in mind a little bit to, to Robbie Keane when he came and that didn't work out and it, it, it sort, sort of was something a, a bit similar. He scored goals elsewhere and that, it, it just didn't work for us. But one that was a real disappointment for, for me, now you're saying about 
someone who you expected a lot of. Do you remember Cissé? Well, obviously you'll remember him, but do you remember all the palaver about yeah. Gabriel Cissé and how long it took to get him and how we were promised him for years and all that? And, and I just had this, and I'd never seen him play, and you didn't really have the internet. <clears throat> he didn't really see games, European games, and he certainly wasn't playing in, in, in European Cup finals or anything, which which you maybe did see. And I just had this image that he was going to be, I heard him, you know, really quick, Really strongly. There was comparisons with all. There was comparisons with Henri at the time. Yeah, and then he was, and he, and because of you know the fact that he'd come through that Clairefontaine thing in the French academy, and and the fact that so many great French players in the league at that time, and you're thinking we're gonna we're gonna have an absolute world beater here. Can't wait, can't wait, can't wait. And then he came, and my God, he was disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I think you have to factor in the, the, the terrible, terrible injuries he had. You know? Yeah, but he, I mean, even yeah, he had them even before he came to us, didn't he? Um, didn't he? Did he? Did he have one, and we we sort of stuck with him? But and he had an awful double leg break when he played for us. But yeah, he just had no finishes. He just bland it. That's what bugged me. You know, he was he was really quick. And yeah, there was no finesse was no in finesse his game whatsoever. whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think he'd have been better off playing British British Bulldogs. Yeah, yeah. Or, or, or just you know what? You know what? Just be a sprinter. He did score one finesse goal. There was a goal he scored, which was very Henri esque actually, at Everton. At, at oh, he did. It was a bit like Torres's first goal for the club, wasn't it, against Chelsea? Uh, it was very Henri. Like actually took it in that left hand side, just slide rule finishing off the far post. Yeah, but, opened but, his yeah, body up, right foot into the was, bottom. There had, there had to but be that one. Was, there had, had that wasn't one. an abomination. That wasn't an anomaly in the Jimmy yeah. season. Well, you know what they say? Even a, even a broken watch is right twice a day. You know. That's it. Um, I think the the one I'll go for for different reasons is. Um, Bruno Sherry, oh, and we heard the, and the next sedan, the next sedan, and God Almighty, the, <laughs> he was grim. He somehow scored this. I remember he somehow scored this amazing winner away at Chelsea. Um, we won one nil, and he scored this goal. And I thought to myself, Do you know what? Maybe maybe there is a player in here, but that was it. That again was the anomaly. And I remember a story listening. Uh, after Benitez had come in and Benitez being this meticulous self um, decided that he wanted to look at like the scouting reports um, and all the data from all all the signings. He says, I want uh, I want the scouting report on Bruno Cheru and whoever it was at the time, Ray Lewington or fucking, I don't know, somebody was like, what? Scouting reports? It's like the, there's no scouting reports for these boys. And Rafa was like, what? You mean you went and spent what, like four, four, four and a half million or something on this fella? And that's not insignificant in those days. That's like going to spend 25 million pounds on somebody now. You, you just went, what, just because Gerard liked his haircut? He went and signed this fella? So that one, for, for those reasons, sticks out for me. But like you say, we, you know, Paul Kinteski hasn't even been mentioned that that upset me massively at the time, even his name being linked with us. And it was a typical thing of a manager bringing his own his own boys back in India's new team. And I'm like, going, he's like one of the worst players that I've ever seen play at left back. And you're bringing a fella from Fulham 
to Liverpool and expecting the fans to get on board with this. Are you mental? <laughs> uh, the so, thing was 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 mad, but like the Hudson era had so many shockers in there. We mentioned Poulsen earlier that they all sort of just get lumped into the into the Hodgson time. I mean, who was that other one that? Um, what did you call him? He was God. He's gone. The name's completely gone out of my head. But he was Eastern European, and he he is Van Cosma. No, he he played for us in the in the Hodgson era, and oh, I can't remember his name now at all. It's completely gone. But there are a load of them. Jovanovic stayed for a season. Jovanovic. Jovanovic. Yeah. But I I don't think I think Rafa signed him. Yeah, but he just came at that time, and he, mm. I think Rafa had gone by the time he actually played any games. Because mm. I remember him playing in that in that shocker of a of a team, and not oh, really Joe, having a clue Joe, who he was. Joe Cole was a wooden one as well, wasn't he? Around that time, yeah. God, he did not ninety grand a week he was on. I know. What he what, apparently what, he couldn't get up. Apparently he couldn't even walk a flight of stairs. He was on fucking smoking about forty Benson hedges a day. <laughs> <laughs> Varnum, Varnum was was. Varnum was in my head there when you said Jovetic. I don't know why I lumped them lumped them in together. But yeah, yeah you, you there's loads. Wild. There's loads. So just on that, then we'll stick with signings for the meantime. Johnny, the signing that was the the biggest letdown for you, the one that you thought this. This is going to be fucking brilliant. And it just did absolutely, it absolutely bombed. God. Like Dean Saunders was probably the one, but because I'm, because I'm from Donegal, because I'm Irish, Robbie Keane, Robbie Keane was such a letdown. And I don't even think it was, I don't even think it was the lad's ability or anything. He was, he was a massive Liverpool fan. He was a, Unbelievable player. I mean, King was a bit of a legend because he went from, you know, he went over to Wolves at a young age and he was amazing at Wolves. And then he got this mad move to Inter Milan for 13 million. That was crazy. That was crazy when I heard he was going to Inter. This fucking Irish lad was a kid. Yeah. yeah. And And he changed, they changed their manager. So it never, it never worked out from there. Uh, and then he's, he's sort of, I think he'd gone to, was it Wolves and Coventry and then Inter? And then he was amazing at Spurs. And he's such such a gifted footballer. And, and he was a brilliant international footballer for Ireland. Like loads of big goals and big games. But just never happened for him. He came to Liverpool and Benitez, I don't think had wanted him. He'd wanted he wanted David Villa, didn't he? Yeah. Um, he wanted David Villa. And he wanted David Silva as well. Um, of course, famously. Um, and I think there was a bit of the Benitez stubbornness where he was like proving a point. This is a player you spent 20 million, but I didn't want him. So, and no one could really argue because in the end, he moved Gerard into the time and he played Torres, him and Torres, who were untouchable as a pair. Yeah, you were, you were having to shoehorn him into that, that system yeah. and it didn't really work, did it? And aside from a game that um, I think it was a good and he linked up really well with Torres. I think he thanked the lovely wee cross to Torres. And That's right. But that game aside, yeah, that was a real letdown for me. Scored so it, I, he scored, I, I remember he scored an amazing goal at the Emirates on the half volley whenever we wore that weird, like, 
the different oh, yeah. the, the wrong the wrong shorts with the away kit or something. Yeah, it was like the Red Sox and the sort of black or grey kit or something. Yeah, yeah, just sort of hit it first time from a really tight angle. He absolutely walked it. Just it was dropped a right hit. over his shoulder on the half yeah, 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 smashed it right yeah. into the top corner. Unbelievable goal. It was. He was. He was super talented. Just was the wrong, wrong move. You know, probably the right club, just at the wrong time. Just didn't work. And that that was a bit gone because he he was such a super talented footballer and. And and being you know being being, being Irish as well, uh, being brought up on Ronnie Whelan's and Baglands and Lawrenson's and Aldridge, and even Houghton's, and yeah, Ray Houghton's, and, um, because Ray if Ray Houghton actually has a connection with Boncrana as well. Ah, um, oh, who doesn't, Johnny? Where I'm from, but no, he was like there was real connections there with his family. He'd even come to the Boncrana was paraded in the town square one time when I was when I was young. Ray Houghton was like a legend, so you were always dying to see an Irish player do well, and uh, yeah, that was a letdown for me. King was just disappointed it didn't work out, so I'm going to go with Ronnie King for that one. Yeah, it's a sad one. Chief, have you won in your head? Yeah, I think it would be Morientes. Oh yeah, good shot, good shot. Because yeah, I mean that was around the time whenever I was probably watching the most football I've I've ever watched in my life. I mean, it was just after uni, and it was a time where we were good. We had Rafa. It was an exciting time, and English teams were in the Champions League latter stages regularly, and the Champions League itself was in its what I would. Say at this point, looking back, it was probably a bit of a golden, a golden era. Um, the, the quality of football was amazing, so you, you'd see, you'd see quite a lot of football basically. And Morientes, it just obviously he was part of the the Raul Raul Morientes partnership, and Raul was obviously the big, the big numbers guy, the, the big, uh, the big name in terms of num- numbers at the time. But Morientes was was a quality player, and he'd. Um, He'd just gone, I think he'd just been at Monaco on loan. And he'd been at Monaco on loan and got to the European Cup final. The, the lost the European lost Cup Mourinho's final. Porto. And on the way was the top scorer in the Champions League that season. Um, And he was he was still young. He was 26 or 27. And, you know, but we, we, we stepped up, stumped up the cash. It was six mil. It was quite a lot at that time. Yeah, and it was. Do you remember? Do you remember he was on the pitch after the 2005 Champions League win with Benitez, and he was yeah. Benitez is going, <laughs> "You're going to come and make us even better." And we were all thinking, "Oh, this is fucking great. This is awesome. This is this is this is where we now start signing like the cream of European talent." I know this is Fernando Morientes. I mean, it's not not just a, a, a he's, he's not Nunes. You know, we'd signed the odd player from Real Madrid before, but this was from the A list. You know, okay. He'd maybe been surplus to requirements that the half season or the season before, but he'd been a regular starter for for Real Madrid in 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 the previous seasons, and his international so, record was unbelievable. Uh, yeah, and I was just uh, it was just a letdown. He wasn't a complete flop, but he just he just he was too slow, and in the Premier League, unfortunately, at that time. It, like it is today, it made a massive difference. He was just a little bit too slow, and it just didn't quite work for him. He scored a few good goals, 
Um, but he only ended up having the one season for us, like, didn't he, I think? Yeah, he scored the one at Charlton, and we all thought he was going to take off. He built it, bent it in the far top corner with his left foot. Yeah, and he was brilliant in the air. He's got a couple of banging headers. Mm-hmm. Um, and But it just never quite happened. There were flashes. But it just, and I don't think he properly properly settled um, on Merseyside, I guess, because um, he was only there for the year, and then that he moved on. We we moved him on, I think. Um, so that was a real disappointment in that I was really expecting massive things from him. Obviously, a little bit in my ignorance as well, not not knowing necessarily that much about the player. But as I said, haven't seen him in the in the in the Champions League with Monaco and. And being aware that he was still very much on on top of his game in terms of goal scoring, and and the other thing is, I think he went on afterwards and and went on to have a good career as well, score goals after us. So it was just a, one of those where it just didn't quite fit, and and that was a bit disappointing. I mean, I, I mean a little bit up there with the, with the, the Lipman thing as well. That didn't quite work, but for for different reasons. But that was another disappointment. We never really got to see the best of of Lipman at, at Liverpool. Yeah, that was a sad one because what what a talented, talented footballer, um, and really not the sort of player that that Gerard Houllier indulged in generally at all. No, and, and even when he signed him, he he rarely indulged him. Let's be fair. Yeah, yeah. The one for me is, and I'm surprised that neither of you have actually mentioned it because I remember the Ferrari at the time. Where's he gonna go? He's leaving. Where's he gonna go? His contract was up. The following season, and there was going to be a big TV reveal as to where he was going. And I think I know who you're going to say here. Yeah, and he had had an unbelievable season for Leeds the year before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Harry Q. Harry Q. scored this. Um, do you remember the amazing goal he scored at Highbury from about oh, 35 yeah. yards out? But it wasn't even in the top corner. It was like. In the bottom corner, about a yard off. Big left foot boomer, though. And it was just like an arrow. And yeah. he was, he was the, he was that Leeds team were genuinely really exciting. They were a young side. They were doing things in the Champions League. They were, you know, brilliant to watch. Scored loads of goals, and he was the poster boy of that side. And everybody wanted him. And he decided, I'm a Liverpool fan, and I'm going to go to Liverpool. And I was like, this boy, he is going to take us to the next level. And, <laughs> like, honestly, I, I, I've never felt so disenchanted by my own understanding of football as to when I watched that lad the year before and when he came to Liverpool, it's like, I thought you were fast and you're not. And I thought you could shoot and you can't. And I thought you could pass and you're not that great at it. And... I thought you played every week. He was injuries too. Well, this is it. I was just going to say it. I thought you played every week and you're always injured. And then when you come on, and there was, I remember one game, the best game I think he ever played for us was the FA, 2006 FA Cup semi-final against Chelsea at Old Trafford. And he was absolutely unbelievable. He was Fucking amazing that day. And Rafa loved him. 
Rafa played him every opportunity he could, so much so that... Played like, him in the Champions League final. Yeah. Played him in the Champions and, League final. And he wasn't fit for weeks and weeks before that, and it was a genuine shock that he was in the side, but... Wasn't fit that night either. We wasn't fit that night, and so proves that he ended up having to come off. What was it? It was, was it before? It was even. It was before halftime, wasn't it? I came off at halftime. Do you know? But this, oh my god! Because like, if you if you go if you watch if you were to do a YouTube reel even of Harry Kewlett Leeds and Harry Kewlett Liverpool, you wouldn't fucking recognise the players. And then do you remember he started to get fat and all as well. He started to get fat. Yeah. People were, people, people were blaming him on the, 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 was it the, the Emmerdale actress that he, he ended up Yeah, the lives. I was going to say his girlfriend, he was going out with the, the barmaid from Emmerdale. I, I think he's know. still with her, to be fair. Like, you know. Yeah. Oh, he, he is. Cherie Murphy. If I, don't, I, don't, I don't know her name. Um, but, um, yeah. yeah, and it was just one of them where you're absolutely right. Nothing. He was none of the things that that were billed beforehand, and none of the things you thought he was gonna be, and he just ended up being very, very average for us. He, he that one one sort of Chelsea semi aside um, <clears throat> that you you mentioned, maybe a couple of flashes. He scored, here a, and there. He scored a he scored a great goal um, in the derby at Anfield, but um, just. Eternally disappointing, and I remember getting to the point where when you saw his name on the team sheet, you were disappointed. Yeah, because that was what he was. It was just a disappointment because it just it, one of those really sad, sad situations, and it's like all the the boys have talked about, where it just seems like a such a waste of talent that we're not. And it's not even about what it, it, it gets to the point where it's not even about what they're contributing to the team. It's about what you wanted to see in the pitch and these players that we're all talking about are exciting players that get you off your seat, you know, do things that standard, even elite standard players just can't do. And none of that ever materialized, which was really, really sad. So yeah. And that, that was, that was at a time when we needed to get signings right. And that a good signing like at that time, you always thought to yourself, we're probably just two signings away from being in the mix. Even that yeah. beneath, even that beneath his 2009, like you think we're probably a centre half and a left-sided player as good as the season Riera had that season. I think we were always. That, I think that's the point, though. Harry and that, that's the point of making. Yeah, point. you know, we were always struggling on that left side with under under in that ta- during that time. And Risa played there for God's sake. Yeah. Um yeah. that that's how bad it was. Um so we 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 had Riera, we had Q, we had we had Risa there and we always struggled on the left. Um it was just one of them. Just uh, you're absolutely it's a great shot. Like I I'd almost forgotten about him. Yeah, I was surprised. So let's let's take things away from players for a second. Um just for <laughs> <laughs> to be a wee bit more fun. Jesus, we 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 spent a bit of time on that, didn't we? With that, I know there, there, was, there was a few to get through. There's plenty to chat about, like this one's good. <laughs> yeah. What, so what's the what's the worst Liverpool kit in your lifetime, Johnny? Oh Jesus, that's such a good question. And that the worst Liverpool kit. I think I know. There was there was. 
94, 95, there was like this golden kept abomination. Was it? I remember. Yes. Gold it was, was round it? neck with yeah, it was gold yeah, with a round oh neck God, and it had like horrible. It had little liver birds like printed all over it, didn't it? Yeah, little 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 black liver birds. But isn't it? It's sort of creamy coloured, is it? No, it was gold. No, no, there was a cream Actually, one that was an abomination as well. That, that was the one we wore at Middlesbrough when Ravenelli got a hat trick. That was an abomination as well. But no, this was the. Don't yeah, remember. it was like this what? gold kit. I absolutely despise that. There probably is a worse one. There's there's something niggling me that there was a worse one, but no, that stands out to me as being the absolute worst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, 94, 95, I think it was. Maybe 95, 96. I think we wore it at Southampton. I think it was the that we wore. Do you remember John Barnes scored... The halfway line at Southampton. Well, not quite the halfway line, but do you remember the one he scored from like 40 or 50 yards at Southampton where the keeper messed up the, the, the kick, the back pass, and Barnes, he just Yeah, it, it just it, trick, it trickled in. Just it, You thought for a second it was going to go wide and it just managed to cross the line inside the post. At the Dell, it was at the old Dell, which was a great old football ground. Yes, that one, it was that kit. I, I always just thought that was. Horrendous, but in fairness, we've had a few. We've had a good few options to pick from, but uh, I think that was particularly horrific. That's yeah, it was an yeah, it was an Adidas one, Chief. I've just sent you it there um, to have have a quick look at. Um, but it was yeah, and it it wasn't a great season either. And as it, that that was 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 that the end of the Sunesh the Sunesh era? Was it Johnny? Yeah, that was. I'm pretty sure it was as soon as Eric had it started off. And yeah, so I, th- that, that I, didn't, I think we wore it in the Roy Evans years, though. Maybe so. Um, I, I honestly, I, I'm, I'm trying to find. I'm trying I think to it find. Was more Roy Evans, to be honest. Ninety-four to ninety-six. So yeah, it would have been. It would have been. It's the end of Sunez and, and, and the start of Roy. Then. Yeah. Back so, in the day when your kits actually, they, they wore the kits for a few seasons, so you didn't have to buy a fucking new one every year. Yeah, it was it was actually, it was one of the first third kits as well. Because the, yeah, the, I'm the looking one, at it, I mean, I, I'm with you like it's pretty stinking, but, but I think, <laughs> I think there's, I think there's been worse, I think there's been worse. Like, All uh, right, well, what's, what's your, what, what have you got to, what have you got to rival this abomination? Well, there's the there. cream, the, the cream one. That I mentioned there a minute ago, the, the, with the, the big Colly- massive badge on it. Yeah, and I, I think that's the Colly- that's Collymore Fowler era, mm. uh, which is stinking, absolutely wild. And then for me, it might be controversial. I hope not. The fucking horrible light green blue abomination we have this year, I think, is absolutely rank. Um. I have to say that one, the teal or whatever random color people are calling it, the turquoise one we were this year, the one that sort of looks like a bad city shirt from or or Coventry shirt from the from the mid nineties. Um, I really really dislike that, but but uh, yeah, the cream one is horrible. I mean, I've seen lads even wearing that out. You know, on the street, you just think it's it's just a stinking shirt. If you're gonna get a Liverpool shirt, don't get that one. Um. 
I really, really dislike that. I mean, there was also the one with the the red one with the mad sort of huge V-neck collar, also the Collymore era, but that's kind of that's kind. I of, like that. Like, yeah, it's kind of all right. Um, it gets that's away the one with that it. had the that's is that the one that it had the three the three stripes on either side of the the torso. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at a version of it now, but it doesn't have the stripes because it's um they, they don't. Have oh no, I know what one you mean. I do know what one you mean. Yeah, yeah, with yeah. The mad collar with the mad white Santa collar, basically. Yeah, it was really, really massive, wasn't it? Yeah, and yeah, that 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 that's pretty bad. Um, there are also a couple of horrendous yellow numbers, weren't there? Wasn't there a dreadful yellow one during the Rogers era? Mm, I don't. I think there's a dreadful yellow one. I remember Mamadou wearing it. I don't know. I, I I hated the white ones. I hated the white ones that looked like England kits. They were the worst for me. There was one like early two thousands that had like I don't know blacker navy thing on the shoulder, and I was just like that. It just doesn't look like a Liverpool kit. And do you remember there was a New Balance one? A few years ago, that was white and a li- maybe a little bit of navy in it. And I was like, I think it was. It looked like a Rangers kit. Yeah, yeah, it looked like a Rangers away kit. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. That Awful. was the season or the season before. Um, but I tell you, you're actually right. That's why I really am not into this blue one we're wearing this year. Like this turquoise one, I, I, I don't really get. I know we wear mad kits from time to time. And you know, we had a purple one, didn't mind that. We had an orange one, thought that was cool. But this this horrible turquoise aqua, aqua marine number is, is I, I think, yeah, recency bias maybe, but I really don't like it. Yeah, I'll tell you a story about that, actually. Our good friend who's uh, sitting across from us um, virtually here, Johnny Henderson, um, he bought my daughter a a, a gift for like being born and it was a baby grow. <laughs> a gift, a gift a baby. for being born you make that sound like such a like she didn't earn that at all she just well, no she didn't no she didn't <laughs> it was johnny it was pure 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 decency on your on your behalf do you know what i mean <laughs> you know um, but it, it was it's 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 a it's a baby grow like a baby grow vest and a bib of that kit and right, and it got to the point where every time she had the fucking bib on, we lost. So, <laughs> so, so it's been a scud. So on Thursday night, before my we placed, be- by the be- way, so uh, you can tell her that it's. Oh scud. well, you can you can tell Katie that. Um, and on Thursday night, I had to feed the wee girl before the Chelsea game, and Stephanie walks down with that bib in her hand, and I was like, "Get that up the fucking stairs now, out of here!" You know. And, and she says to me, I thought you were only joking. And I was like, what? I'm not only joking. I said, do you know what? Don't even bring it up. So let's just put it in the bin. Did, did, and did, then did, I, did, did your wife just think you were a normal, rational person? For a I moment? know, right? Make that mistake. I know. It's like, do you even know me? So, um, so yeah. So, actually, what I've, I've, I've got a bib back now because it, I, apparently it doesn't matter at all. Um, no, we lose anyway, baby. We lose, <laughs> we lose anyway. <laughs> so yeah, all right. Um, let's see. Um, wor- Johnny, what is the worst domestic cup knockout you've experienced? 
Oh, I'm not even. I don't even think about that for a second. A second. Um, it can't be a final. No, no. Um, January. I think it was January 1999. Um, I was a student, and I was overstudying on Huddersfield, and Liverpool were playing Man United. And this was the season United ended up winning the the treble. Oh, and it still grates me to this day that they want to travel. Uh, I, no matter how many times I see that by those two goals that they let in at the end to Bayern Munich, I will never get over it. Uh, Karsten Yanker just had to kick the ball down the pitch at 1 0, and uh, he fluffs it. And I think it was Gigsmas had some fucking shot on the edge of the box and they scored. And uh, it's not like this stuff is burned into my brain, obviously. <laughs> Um, yeah, that that FA Cup game. Because um, I didn't expect anything. United were really, really good. Obviously, they won the treble that season. They, they had quite a good midfield, as I recall. Um, and we went there and we played really well. And it was it was the early days of Hule. He was just putting a stamp on the team. Michael Owen scored a header. We were 1-0 up. Second half, United really came at us. I just remember Roy Keane was everywhere. And... He was he was really, he was like on a one man crusade to drag them into it, and, and um, I remember they got a free. Oh, they went, Liverpool were winning. There was like there was only a few minutes to go. Two minutes to go. Eh? Well, I I just remember that that we about four five. I think it was maybe three four five minutes to go. They got a free around the halfway line, and Schmeichel went to take it, and he blammed it, and they hit it too hard, and it went straight out for a goal kick, and the whole old traffic. Was groaning, and I genuinely have thought because we were hanging on for dear life. <laughs> I was thinking, oh my god, we're actually going, we might actually do this. And then they just, as they did so many times that season, I mean, you had to hand it to them. I think, um, they, they just, I think it was Andy Cole equalized, they just the way to pressure. I think Beckham had a free kick, scored two late, late goals. Solskjaer broke down in the box, I think he went through Carragher's legs. and they just scored and they knocked us out. And it just, I, I think before the game, I totally expected to lose. But then it was because we took the lead and it held on so long. And because you knew that we were really sort of shit at that time, we were just recovering from the, the Julier-Roy Evans joint manager experiment. Julier was, and you know, and you knew United were such a good team. And United were... You know, they were six, seven years into their sort of domination of the Premier League at that point. And, oh, it was just horrible. It was horrible. And Gary Neville was goading the Liverpool fans. and Because obviously in those days, you know, FA Cup was, I think it was a bigger competition then. It meant more. And there was a huge, obviously, Liverpool contingent in Old Trafford. And he was up goading them, kissing the badge. And, yeah, that was... I watched it in a this big, like huge beer house place. I think it was called the Firkin in Huddersfield, and it was absolutely rammed and loads of United fans in there. And I just remember, just it was horrible, a horrible, horrible, horrible game. <laughs> that was it for that was it for me. And then the rest, yeah, they, they ended up winning the travel. So yeah, that's my pick. I yeah, it's. <laughs> If there's a right answer to any of these questions, that's probably the one, Chief. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I mean, I remember that game as well. I mean, I, I didn't actually watch it, but I was keep I was at a mate's house. I was at uni as well, and we'd just gone down to my mate's. Um, 
Ma's house for the weekend with with a couple of lads and um, gone to sort of go out in his neck of the woods. And I was just keeping an eye on the score and sort of on, on tally text and stuff. And uh, it was 1-0, 1-0, 1-0, and then bam, bam, right at the end. And it was almost a, almost a prelude to what they did against against um, Bayern Munich in the in the European Cup final. You could almost say that that sort of thing that's happening, that's what gives them the belief to win, to win the yeah. Champions League final. You could. So they practiced on us. We were the suckers in the, in, in in that era. Um, but yeah, mine's probably um, from being younger. I think it was 1989. Um, Crystal Palace four, Liverpool three, um, in the semi-final of the FA Cup, and yeah, that was that was the era before Premier League football. It was the era before televised football. So the only televised matches really that you got uh, with any consistency were the FA Cup matches, and you got them sort of every year. So and. You know, the FA Cup was a big deal in 99. It was an even bigger deal in, in 89. And um, Liverpool were, it was their competition in those days. We were we were in the final or winning it or, or you know, either runner-up or, or winning it every year. And um, I'd seen, we'd seen the, uh, I think it's 89-90, obviously, not 88-89. So we'd seen the the previous year Hillsborough and all, and and the, and and you know the the run up to, you know after after the tragedy and then the the huge Merseyside final and and Liverpool winning the cup. Obviously we had the the Wimbledon thing in in eighty eight. We'd been in the we'd won the double in in eighty six, and um, here we were again in the semi final in in ninety eighty nine ninety and. Lo and behold, we're up against Crystal Palace, and they've—it's their first season in, in the top flight, and they haven't had a great season. They go on to get relegated, and um, we have battered them nine nil previously in the season. Um, the record, there's still the still the joint record, uh, top flight, you know, winning margin, uh, winning scoreline, and we've beaten them also two nil in a, in a more mundane fixture later on in the league so with two wins against them 11 goals scored and unconceded semi-final and I'm nine years old and I just think we just need to turn up and win and you know in those days the semi-finals were on back to back on the same day so you could just literally wait like half an hour and the next one would kick off and they were at the neutral venues I think one was always at usually at Old Trafford and one was usually at maybe Villa Park or something um anyway, we had this game and um yeah. It was obviously much more hard fought than anyone than I certainly expected in my nine year old head. And I think many pundits and, and whatever were expecting it was it was supposed to be a procession and uh, it, it didn't work out like that. It was a bit of a ding dong battle as I said and I think there were points where Liverpool were winning, but at no point was I even contemplating the fact that Liverpool wouldn't win in the end. But of course, unfortunately, they they didn't. Uh, I think it was was it Pardew who scores the winner? Um, any, some some I think it was Alan Pardew maybe who scored the winner for. Yeah, for I think so. Day. I've heard that. 
um, and he just blams it in. I mean, it's four three, and it's, you, you can't believe it. You, you just can't believe it. And we're not only are we crashing out in the semi final, which is which is a big disappointment, but it's the ignominy of of losing to Crystal Palace, the relegation fodder from the from the first division, the team that you've you've spanked earlier. And and in those days, even though we go on to win the league, it was just it was more run of the mill for us to win the league. So that was sort of a given. We we probably Pundits probably thought we would we would have won the league anyway. It, it was almost seen that that we against Palace that season we won the the battle, but they ultimately won the war. And I was a bit of a kick in the teeth as well, especially considering Palace go on ultimately ultimately to lose that uh, cup final to to Man United in a replay, which kicks off United's trophy winning run. Of of the of the decade really, and so, saves Ferguson's job to be honest. Yeah, it does. So it's all a bit, you know, it's all a bit sliding doors. If if Liverpool turn up that day and and defend a bit better and win that game, does the Man United era ever happen? Yeah. Does anybody know who Mark Robbins is? Does Alex there Ferguson have a job? Mark Robbins and Danny Wallace. Mark Robbins is late goal. Was it Nottingham Forest? It's kept for a game of job. That's right. Yeah. So when if Paltrow's got nothing on uh, on, on Mark Robbins? <laughs> no, <laughs> certainly does not. Um, I'll throw one in. Just it's a bit more recent. It's the the 2015 semi final um, against Villa, and I just think. It, it just feels it feels worse because of what happened the year before, and you'd seen Suarez go, and you think, you know what, this, this, this Villa side aren't very good, and you know they go on to get relegated, whether it's that season, or the season before, I can't remember, or the season after, sorry, and Benteke looks like fucking DDA Drogba on steroids that day, as he always was against us. And Rogers, for some reason, decides to attempt to get the team to play about 14 different fucking formations within the space of about half an hour to try and sort out the mess that he made by the team that he started. And it just it's one of the most painful watches I've ever seen. And 2-1 doesn't do it justice. I actually went on just a moment ago to check what the score was. Because it seemed to me like it was about fucking 4-1 that day. It was all an awful, awful watching experience. So I'll throw that in. But I think, <laughs> Tony, um, it, you know, the, the issue with both yours is that they both, they both factor into the success of Manchester United, which just... <laughs> it's <laughs> it's <recurring>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Let's get away from this this nightmare that has actually already transpired before our before half think, of our half find, of our actual lives. I think, I think we find a direct correlation between like what makes Liverpool losing even worse than it's that lot <laughs> benefiting especially from it. Oh, it really, really is. Okay, um, Johnny, what is your most detested final that you've watched the Reds participate in? Oh, God. <laughs> you know what I'm going to say? 
<laughs> it's them again, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, it, it is. Uh, I know. 1996. Oh, yeah. And it is. But do you know what? This is why the, the rivalry are... I think this is why the rivalry with Man United is the thing. Like, we can come to this nonsense with City. The, you know, the, the I think I called them earlier The when I was on Twitter. You know, it's the the Manchester branch of the United Arab Emirates sports washing project. You know, that's all Man City are to me. Like, United are, you know, that's where the rivalry was. And I went from getting into football at, 10, 11, 12, when Liverpool were imperious. They had a few Irish players. They had Rush. And, they, and they, you know, they had Beardsley and Barnes, and they were glorious. And then when they dropped off, United took over. And that's what you remember is the amount, you know, the slagging that you took in school. And so, you know, that time, I think it was around 17, 18 at that time, and it was 23, 24 years ago now. And I think the thing that really grated about that 96 Cup final was they had they'd won the double in '94. This was their second double, and that was a big deal. They'd won their first league title in 26 years in '93, and within three years they'd won two doubles. Something that Liverpool hadn't done, you know, the the the, the two domestic FA Cup and League Cup doubles. And I think the worst thing was most of that season we felt as if we had to measure them. We we battered them at Anfield. I remember that was a game. Probably the greatest game of the Roy Evans era. I think I've said that before in the pod. Beat United 2-0 at Anfield. Collymore and Fowler could easily have been 5 or 6-0. If you ever see him, Sky sometimes do these reruns of matches at late at night. And they've been playing a lot of the first ever Premier League televised game recently, which was Forrest beating Liverpool 1-0, sharing him. Uh, and I always think, God, I'd love to have seen a rerun of that game again. Because I remember being in the pub with a lot of my mates at, at home who were Man United fans and I just remember it was an absolute one-way traffic absolutely destroyed them and I watched that actually Johnny I think we did it we did a pod on the Evans era if anybody wants to go back and find it um, but I watched that game as part of that and it, it was, was a big performance of the whole era on it was a, it was akin to do you know that do you know that game that people always talk about beating Forest 5-0 yeah. um, it was like that because it was just we were absolutely irresistible. It was chance after chance after chance after chance. And United didn't have any chances to score goals because we were having literally a chance every fucking five minutes. Yeah, I just remember as well, Schmeichel was unbelievable in that game. I think Collymore must have had two or three one-on-ones. I think Collymore rattled the bar. They've, but, but I just remember that it was a funny season because we were really, really good, but there was just something lacking in that team. We just didn't have that ruthlessness. <clears throat> and we played them in the Cantona comeback game. So after Cantona done his Kung Fu madness at Palace, he got banned for nine months or whatever. And then his first game back, and I always remember laughing. It was like he was allowed back from the 1st of October or something like that. And literally, they moved the Liverpool game from the Saturday into the Sunday. And it would turn out that that was in October and I just remember we were all laughing going you know you had your conspiracy theories so that was the televised game and Canada was he scored a penalty but and you know he got his big moment but I remember Fowler was the star of the show like Fowler at that point of his career was just unbelievable it was this teenager and 
he blamed two past Schmeichel in that game, and then he scored another two past him at Anfield. Fowler was just, we forget how incredible he was. Um, so that had happened. So we were all going into that cup final. Like, we, we knew in a one-off game, we had to measure them. We knew that the way we played with McManaman and the free roll and the, the midfield, the, the three at the back, the win-backs, we McAteer. We, we just really caused them problems. And the, uh, But it was just, <laughs> that game was dire. I mean, it was... Awful one, game of football. Oh, my God, it was one of the worst. I mean, even, you know, when I'm talking to them, I've obviously a lot of friends, Man United fans, you talk about that game, everybody will say the same thing. It was just the worst, <laughs> just an awful game of football. Like, there was hardly any excitement. Nothing happened in the game at all. I think you know, they had a couple of chances. We had, I think the best chance Liverpool had was one red nap fell from the edge of the box. And it was just, yeah, it was like a, a crappy corner near the end. Like, back in the corner, James came out, sort of flapped it at the best punched it and it fell for Cantona and he just he, 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 he does you know what he doesn't even hit it that well and it goes through five he, or six he bodies he does he does what you do what you're taught to do in training doesn't he he just takes a step back and hits it he keeps it low yeah takes a step back and hits it just keep it on target and it it, it falls it, it just it just falls properly but I think yeah. With and Liverpool Johnny's. players seemed to duck out of the way as well, didn't they? Yeah. I, that's what I made. It was uh, like a, like the ball sort of was, I don't know, being directed so that it missed every limb that was sort of being thrown at it. Managed to evade them all. Managed to go through legs, under people, over people, fucking all of them. It was one of them games, though, and you're absolutely right. I remember when we were going into it, feeling really confident. And... They did a number on us. They they knew that as well that we caused them problems and that we'd given them real trouble in the league and they shut us down basically. It was they spoiled yeah they the killed game. the game they yeah. killed the game and they 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 had faith and belief that in a game like that their quality they'd be able to they'd be able to they backed themselves to get the the goal. I mean what is it a hundred and sixteenth minute or something that goal goes in. You know, it's we're all set for penalties. Basically, it's been that dire, and um, yeah, Johnny, good shot, <laughs> good shot. Yeah, chief, have you anything, chief? Of course, it's them again. It's sorry about that. <laughs> um, yeah, I do have another one. Um, let's see, it was the most disappointing final. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it. It's not quite the quite as emotive now. Now that one thinking back, but um, it's it's two thousand seven. Um, yeah, it's it's because that you know you can't really look at two thousand seven without taking it in the context of two thousand five and where we were as a European force at that point. Because I mean, I think we get we get to the very latter stages as well the following season. And 2007, we're back in the final. That's two finals in three years. And this time, heading into it, yet again, that, that and this is another thing, this is another common thread when I'm confident going into, into, into finals and into games, things go wrong. But but the, 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 difference, could, the difference couldn't be starker, Chief, from two years before. That's we're, what we I'm are, we, we're, we're a ragamuffin fucking team yeah. of of a few quality players with a new manager that's been thrown together 
to this what is now a well-oiled fucking machine that understands and knows how to fucking perform in Europe. That's it. With with a Champions League under its belt from two years previous, a manager who's who's won, I think, well, he's won European trophies certainly several times by that stage, <clears throat> and as you say, a team that's that's been tailored, that's been honed, that's played together for a couple of seasons, that's uh, put together a convincing run in Europe, that's that is fancied going into the game, and that on paper is as good as the Milan team it faces I would I would venture and that's really what made it so okay the way we played in the game as well with it being such a fairly easy quote unquote victory for Milan obviously they put a lot into it and of course it wasn't easy but it seemed that way as a fan watching it, it seemed you know they scored a couple of goals one early one late and it was just like that consummate kind of Italian performance. It was almost like we'd just been well. It's typical. You go in confident, thinking, and then you just get a couple of couple of slugs to the back of the head, and that's you done. Forget about it. You know, it's like um, if you want to. If I'm going to take a good fella's analogy, it's like um, Joe Pesci going to get made at the end, and he comes out dead. You know, and that's that's a little bit like what happened in 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 2007. I really fancy this. And in 2005, your 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 ultimate emotions are relief, joy, disbelief. You you can't yeah you can't fathom what's happened. Not only that you've won the European Cup, but you came back from three 0 down against arguably the best Milan team of an era. It's unheard of. And then two years later, like you say, you're you're more fancied. You're in much better shape against a weaker side and also an opponent that you bested two years previously and, and all the things going for you. And you turn in a pretty lackluster performance and, and come away pretty soundly beaten in the end. And very disappointing. Very, very disappointing. Yeah, it was big search for Crouch to start that night uh, and he didn't. Um, and, and the first goal, you know, and Zaggy gets two. And I... I have watched Italian football and been interested in Italian football since the Channel 4 days. And Pippo Inzaghi has an unbelievable goal record. Um, and there was the famous Ferguson quote that Inzaghi was born offside. He spent half his life offside. Yeah, he was born offside, he said. And I have heard that like, Inzaghi was a terrible footballer mm-hmm. to, the point, to the point where um, in training... The, the other Milan players would laugh at him because of how bad he was in passing drills and you know his ability to control the ball and just the basic elements of the game that elite footballers just do off the bat. But then somehow, you know, and this is Inzaghi, the first goal's a free kick that I think it hits him on the thigh and gets deflected in. Isn't that right? Yeah. And, yep. and and the second goal is him where we're pushing for we're pushing for the equaliser and, and he gets put through and he gets put through and that's him he's living on the line and again he he, he might not be a very good footballer but he rounds Reina with ease and just slots at home and and that's and, what that's that's almost what 
galls you even more because they're such classic Inzaghi goals. Mm-hmm. It's like you should never, you should never get caught like that. I mean, I, you know why it is that you have been caught like that for the second one because you're pushing, but that's what he does. And he's made a living off did. that. Made a living made off a, an absolute career. He's made millions off it. Played at the top level, won Champions Leagues and Scudettos, and now he's a manager. He, you know, he, he's, he, you know, he's made an absolute living off it. Made a career off it, and I think he's still got. Doesn't he still have Milan's best goal record? He could well at some uh, in one anyway. I'm pretty pretty positive it is. Like. Maybe it might be Champions League goals or something. It must yeah. it might be. Um, but yeah, you know, and uh, like I said, there was shouts for Crouch to start, and I just remember I went to, I went to the boss to watch it. Johnny, were you with me that that night, or were you somewhere else watching that final? Yeah, do you know what? I'm trying to remember where I watched that. I was in Liverpool for it. Right. I was I was in the bot and I was drunk, right? Really drunk. And like, I, this is what I mean. We were talking pre-pod and I said like this season, I've just checked out. Um, nor, I, I know I've checked out because normally I take defeats really, really bad. Like really bad. I got so drunk before and during that game. During the game, I, I didn't realise how drunk I was because the adrenaline's going and this, and then Kurt gets one at the end, and you're thinking, fuck, can we do it? And that gives you that lift again. And see, as soon as the final whistle went, it was like someone had ejected like an entire litre of fucking pure alcohol into my veins, directly into the bloodstream. I was like, I am going home. You hit the floor. So, oh, man, I was so pissed <laughs> off. And like, so angry and so drunk and I staggered up the road home we were just living, Johnny were living Strammels at the time which is maybe you know five minute walk and I woke up the next morning with the worst hangover and I looked at my room and there was just shit everywhere it must have come in the room and like fallen around and hit every wall, every unit, every surface it was like someone had trashed my room when I woke up the next day so that's my overriding memory of that, which is why that embroiled with everything else would have been my choice. But again, Henderson for going first, he gets it absolutely right. It's the the what makes that game worse for me is just how shit the goal was. It's such a shit goal, and the fact that it's Cantona, you know, it's, it's everything about it's, everything about it. You Cantona, it's. The fact that it's extra time, it's the fact that they've it's done a terrible game. On and the two games, the two games prior to that have been fucking Premier League classics, both it's of them. That they've, it's that they've done a number on us. They've just done us perfectly. Yeah, and yeah, and it worked. And it worked. And we fell into the trap. And then you're because, and then you're set up forever off that. I mean, they've they dined off that for years. How much slagging that we're still cringing about the white suits. Oh, God, fuck, I didn't even realise that. Actually, do you know what? That put, makes it an undisputed winner. Just throw those suits into the mix as well, Johnny, and that's that's it. David James and his fucking, what, Calvin Klein contract or whatever it was. Oh, the suits. I mean, the suits. The white suits. Oh, yeah. I was, do you remember that? It, was, it wasn't Armani. The white Armani. It was Armani. It was Armani. And it just fed the whole Spice Boys. It fed the whole narrative. It fed that exactly. 
fed that whole narrative. Sky Sports, Sun, News of the World, fucking narrative, and we fell right into it, and that's really the the most galling thing. You know. All right, lads. Well, that's been. So on that note of misery. On that note of misery, just remember, Reds. It might be shit now, but. It's been shit before. Yeah, it is probably worse than just uh, a 10 second nod to today's game, which was Liverpool had loads of the ball, didn't really create anything. The confidence isn't there. <laughs> and that's all there is to talk about. So I, I don't think there's any more analysis on today's game that was worth no. giving anyway. So. Absolutely and not. And, and it's the change in approach. Yeah, and I think before we go, I think a nod to uh, Ian St. John, um, Liverpool legend, who shouted at me once in Anfield to sit down. Um, anybody, any words on Dave, Ian St. John? I was just thinking about that, actually. Yeah, that is my... I always laugh when I think about Ian St. John telling you to, to sit down. So he told me that this guy behind it shouted to tell you to sit down, and yeah, obviously you were all irate and about to give him a piece of your mind until you seen it with Saint St. John, at which point you politely shut the fuck up and sat down. Basically. Uh, yeah, I, I, as you should have done. Uh, that, that was yeah, what a player. And he was one of he was one of the he was one of the guys that transformed the club and took them where they are. Uh, signed by Shankly and he, he left Motherwell and he yeah. What a what a legend! What a player! Scored the winner in the cup final, and uh, yeah, great man. And uh, yeah, it, it's just been like that, hasn't it? The, the last couple of weeks, just sad news coming out of the club all around with Klopp and Allison and then the Saints. So anyway, yeah, Chief. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's obviously sad. <clears throat> when they say bad things coming coming threes, don't they? So that's the the third one. Uh, regarding Liverpool recently so hopefully that's it and, and nobody else um, so obviously I didn't see much of him as a player even on, on the videos or anything but um, you know growing up he was always a, he was always a pundit and he was always he was regularly someone that you'd see on TV obviously Saint and Greavesy I had a bit of that growing up and, uh, well, see, and then, I was going to say I was going to say she's sitting greasy it was iconic wasn't it it was like a uh, Saturday afternoon there wasn't Saturday. that much football on TV then like there wasn't a lot of like no. football you never on a Saturday so it really was that was your football wasn't it Saint I mean Greece, that was, was my your, introduction really to to yeah. football I mean mid, mid to late 80s Saturday afternoon football chat you know previewing the games and you know you didn't really get much footage or anything but you would you would get you know some opinion you'd get maybe a player interview you'd maybe get a wee snippet a wee highlight from the week before whatever um but the enthusiasm and i mean as a kid how do you fall in love with two old guys talking about football i know but it worked so um so yeah obviously great contributions to the club he'd been part of the club the whole time obviously as you said came from came down from motherwell and never left so um obviously all thoughts to the and condolences to the family and stuff, and you know, hopefully he's uh, gets to enjoy watching Liverpool win number twenty next season after a brief hiatus. Yeah. Um, all right, lads, that was fun. Before we go, um, congratulations to Stephen Gerrard um, for winning a league title. Um, 
Yeah, fair play to him. He's done a great job, and I think uh, there's a lot of people that think and believe that it's naturally going to be Gerard um, as the next Liverpool manager, no matter what. But I think all we can hope is that he gets success and experience um, in as much area, just well, let, in a, just, abundance. Because you know you. <laughs> Let's just hope he has another few years to, to to get that experience, and you know we don't need a new manager before then. That's the main thing. Keep Jurgen for a few years, and then maybe in twenty twenty four, Stevie's ready to to take the reins. Yeah, and all signs so far would point to the fact that it might not be the worst idea in the world. So, on that note, um, this has been the worst podcast you'll ever listen to. Cheers. Of the worst fucking podcast reds. <laughs> <laughs>